Roll up! Roll up! Ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest podcast on Earth! Step right up and experience the magnificence that is the Two Ring Circus Podcast! You'll gasp! <gasps> you'll laugh! And you'll be amazed at what comes next. Amazing. Don't worry about the smell. It's just the stars of our show, Tom Italiano. Hello. And Matt Bradshaw. Got you from close on. Welcome. <laughs> I've got a budget, so I'm wearing the same clothes as I was last week. Oh, I'm wearing the same clothes as you. Yeah. Hmm. Although I do have new jeans, which is good because uh, two Fridays ago... from now I did this episode is called Dom's Enormous Balls (laughs) I did get to my gig and tell Sarah I was like I've got holes in my pants so uh, just uh, be aware that you might sit I was a bit concerned and we had a good laugh and then I sat down on the chair and went on the stool and went oh that's cold it turned out my ball was on the stool yep you don't ever want your balls and your stools to oh, dude. come in contact with one another. <laughs> Ideally. Yeah. And yet it was cold. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a nice story. Well, that's a good story. Yep. Tell us, how was Tasmania? Were you wearing underwear? Yes, I was. Right. But I usually wear trunky underwear that goes down to sort of here. And this particular underwear that I was wearing uh, were not as uh, long enough. And... Uh, uh, you know, when you got balls, sometimes they push the underwear aside. <laughs> got balls? Okay. <laughs> uh, so. hey, that's nice. Uh, I'm sure Tasmania was lovely. Great. Mm. Awesome. Uh, I would love to come with you, but uh, I've got to finish writing some songs. Because next week, uh, I'm oh. going to stay at your house on Monday night, please. Um, I think on the 10th. Monday the 10th, I said about right. I got a gig that night. Great. I'll meet you back here. <laughs> At Republica. Um, Come do it with me. Oh, I, I can't. We'll take $25 each. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm doing two days of recording at the place that I'm going to record my next album at, and I'm going to record the demos of the songs, the songs I will have finished, but I've got to finish some more songs. So next week, okay, I'm in, like songwriting mode. Crikey. Uh, finishing lyrics and things. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, man. Mikasa is Sukasa. Hey. Huh. I do have a bedroom here. It's the cat's room. Well, you know. Oh, I might get her to come. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. They're good. Thanks, man. Okay. Appreciate that. There's Fresh in the fridge. Oh, hmm. nice. There's no meat in the Hello, no. Hello Fresh. Yeah. No. I love animals. I know. Stupid. So do I. Particularly on a barbecue. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, God punished me. There you go. <coughs> Tell I'm me still a story. not well. Well, that's true. You have not recovered. Um, you were uh, not particularly happy when I may have suggested it was Early Beach initially. I think is it because you were uh, you were a bit upset because you were sick and then you you hate missing gigs and you had because you were sick you had to take a gig off. And I said, uh, did you get the early beach sickness? And you were like, I'm not sick because of early beach. Is that what I said? Well, did I say it like no, a tiny boy? Uh, no, you were. You would sound like an angry man, actually. Um, 
because Geordie was sick too. And I was like, everyone gets sick at early beach. Well, Richie was in hospital. What? Did you not see any of that? No. Yeah, well, un- unrelated to early beach. But um, yeah, yeah, Richie was in hospital with fucking chest pains and arm numbness and stuff. Jesus. Mm. Well, he doesn't play drums that often anymore, gig-wise. He did have a full week of gigs, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine he had a fair bit of Red Bull. No Red Bull. No. No? Oh, good. Because he, he does a, a lot of that stuff anymore. He had he had Powerade. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not Red Bull. Which I tried some of. It's very blue. It is blue. Tastes, tastes blue. blue. It tastes like what you imagine blue to taste like. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. quite an odd uh, reaffirming of an eye. It's quite odd. And it's I'm like blue not icy poly kind of. Blue icy poly yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tastes like chemicals. Anyway, I had a bit of it. Yeah. I thought I won't do that again. But I just wanted to see if it tasted like what I thought it might. And it yeah. did. Oh! Uh, I had, last weekend, I had uh, I had a taste of lemonade. It was awful. Like that, I was at a wedding. Could I have some soda water, please? We finished the soda water. They automatically uh. replenished it uh. with lemonade because uh. they just assume everyone's drinking soft drink, not uh. lemonade. So fair enough to them. But... Lemonade is disgusting if you haven't had, if you don't drink soft drink, sure, like I haven't for five years. But also, you thought it was soda water, so you yes. had a little, yeah, moment. But it's like it's, I can, I imagine now that if I had some Coca Cola hmm. or Pepsi or something hmm. like that, I would go, oh yeah, but it tastes, lemonade tastes like I remember lemonade tasting, hmm. and I. Didn't, wasn't particularly I don't know what it. lemonade tastes like. Yeah, well, don't do it. No, yeah, but as in... Don't soda water. <laughs> but it's fucking... Well, lemonade's weird. Yeah, it is. Because it doesn't taste like lemons. No, or aid. <laughs> Have you seen the new... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Freddy Mercury film? <laughs> <coughs> no. <laughs> I'm so but sorry. But you will doubtless recall <laughs> that because I've had this cough and all that sort of thing... My new cat carer, Jessie May, um, I told her, so I've got this cough, and also when I got back from early beach, I had a stomachache that lasted for five days, and she said to me, maybe you've got AIDS. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's nice of you. And she said, oh, I just saw Bohemian Rhapsody. It's all about that now. Yeah, so anyway. Wow. No blood. I'm fine. Now, I... Um isn't it amazing how we have lived through a time where that was such an incredible threat? Fuck yeah. And how it, like it rose up and then very quickly was able to relatively be stamped out. Like it's mm. one of those kind of lifestyle diseases really, wasn't it? It was a, a thing that... Um, yeah, because I, I went to see, for example, I went to see Philadelphia in 1994 with my cousin when I went back to the UK. I was in year 11 and mm. we went to the cinema twice because uh, we were kids. The three weeks that I was in the UK, Mr. Big toured mm. and Tori Amos toured. Mm. And because I was um, not quite 17, they wouldn't let me go. And, and like my aunties and uncles that I was yeah. with wouldn't let me go. And 
I was like, I'll buy a ticket. Like, please, please. Like, these guys have never toured where I live. And uh, I'll buy you a ticket to... And uh, they wouldn't go. I was shattered. Shit! Um, but I did go to the movies twice with my cousin, Anthony, and uh, one of them was Philadelphia. And, it, like, I, God, talk about vividly remember watching that movie as a kid. Mm. And being, I think, really aware of... Uh, of being a kid like you know you're at that age where you're self-aware enough and aware of the world you you know you've got a job right so you've you've entered you like I've got, I had like a little part-time casual job so I was I'd entered a world where uh, I was meeting people that weren't just part of my school group or playing music or whatever it was a new new time and I think that's a real important time where you sort of you, you go out into the world and, and people who you don't actually have anything in common with, you come into contact with. Um, and that kind of opened up my eyes. And then within a couple of, within, I think it was April that I went, within a few months, I'd seen this. I would gone overseas, seen a bunch of things that I, you know, because I, tra- I was traveling with my grandmother, I had that kind of opened up my eyes to the way different people live and whatnot as well. Because my memory of Wales was something, and then I got there and went, oh, this is really different to my memory of it. And then I saw that film and I was like, oh, there is a whole type of world of being an adult that I don't understand. Like like I was a virgin, I've not had sex yet. I know what being a virgin means. um, (laughs) I'm just just making sure that I knew. Yeah. Um, You'd put your balls on a cold stool though, hadn't you? Ah... yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, probably. I've never liked to wear clothes. Uh, I don't like wearing clothes. No? No. I don't <laughs> like wearing clothes. <laughs> really? Yeah, hate them. I much prefer to be... I prefer to be nude and cold. <laughs> yeah. This podcast has been a revelation many well, times. Luckily, but... we made it a visual podcast, so it's not <laughs> enough of a revelation for people not to watch it. Wowzers. Um, I never knew that. I yeah. prefer never wear shoes. Yeah, see, I'm not so much because I, I don't. You couldn't seem to be able to walk around and your feet don't hurt. But I was like, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. tough feet. Yeah, yeah. That's probably comes from the fact that you don't wear shoes a lot, <gasps> and therefore they toughen up. Yeah, yeah. but also I think just things. Well, I don't wear from... underwear. I got really tough. <laughs> That's where the, the phrase oh. "tough nuts" come from. Yeah, yeah. Well, they fucking um, do drag. Yes, yeah, so, but that feel really kind of went. Mm. Wow, that's a whole world of adulting that like I don't understand yeah hmm yeah it was, that was probably the first one even like you know adult relationships and sex and things like that like I'd always seen movies like seen Top Gun and saw a sex scene but just was like oh, I don't really yeah right just didn't register but it was because there was no real weight there was be, a lot of backlit it. tongues in fucking and Top spit. Gun and this, yeah yeah, yeah. Take my breath away. That's my memory of Top Gun. Yeah. It is remarkable to watch that now and just see like all of the posing and half naked men and like it's quite the locker room stuff. It's quite. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly been an off spoken about bit of a, yeah. you know, playing with the boys. It's. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But even where was I the other day? Someone, someone said, hi mate. And they patted me on the ass. And I went, and I actually said to him, I said, I said, I 
I don't think any, I don't think anyone's actually patted me on the ass like since I played footy when I was like eleven. Mm. Yeah, it's not a Sandusky. Pardon? Mm? What? Penn State? Mm? I don't know. Oh yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I just yeah that. Uh, oh yeah, get mate, get out, mate. You know that that. Uh, it's fucking weird. Locker dude. room club sporting thing. Uh, I've lived a rich life, <clears throat> but I don't pat people on the ass. Yeah. Why would you? I don't know. Hashtag me of, too. There's a lot of places you can, like, hey bud, like pat him on the back. Sure. Yeah. Hand on the shoulder. A lot of, it's not I've, even that easy to get to. Yeah, you, you're a bit short. Yeah, it's, you gotta have longer arms. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, stuff. Okay. Yeah, good. Ass padding. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Unnecessary. Unnecessary ass padding. Yeah. Brackets, all of it. Close brackets. Huh. What about the comedian that just got fined $82,000 for... For what? Telling an offensive joke. Did not. True. Who did... Who? What? What was the joke? I'm going to tell you. Uh, Please. The joke... Hmm, the joke is actually peripheral to the story. I don't understand how it could be peripheral if that's what he got fined for. Assuming it's a he. He couldn't find a woman for telling an offensive joke. No. That would be sexist. Um, it was on the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> Is that that sexist, what I just said? There's, there's, I don't care what anyone says. There's two sets of rules. You, mm. <laughs> there's two sets of rules. Um, you and I... There's more than two sets of rules, by the way. ...have spoken on here a long time ago now. Right. Um, uh, about I said it's really difficult to be a comedian now and you said you thought it was easier now than ever I've paraphrased yeah. the conversation cool and at that because, time basically because our conversations always go for way longer than we had talked <laughs> about um, uh, getting a comedian on to have a chat with them yeah. about that sort of thing. Just, I mean, obviously about their careers. No, it, it's now become much more the sort of thing that you would do on the sustainable creative for all those reasons, for all the reasons that your podcast exists and it's totally falls into. So I'm suggesting you get a, a professional comedian on your show to talk about that, talk about their career and just see what they think. Right. Uh, yeah, Bill Ward is his name. Mike Ward, sorry. Bill Ward. Was he from? Uh, wasn't he in uh, Deep Purple? Yeah, right. I was yeah. going to say cream. Good. Uh, I'd have been in cream too. I don't know. No. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it happened some time ago. but And so he's he's been fighting it. Yeah. Uh, and it's cost him a couple hundred thousand Canadian dollars. So right. I don't know what that is. Three dollars fifty US. No, I don't know. I don't know what the exchange <laughs> rate is. Australian. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because he wasn't... And it, and it dropped. It dropped from 82 to uh, 40 to 10 right but wasn't prepared to pay it because of the precedent it set yeah. and rightfully so well Canada's are just a schmuzzle for shit like that I mean at so, the moment so is North America surely uh, well it's the thing I mean that's how I mean effectively that's how Jordan Peterson's come to prominence is the whole Canadian laws on, on uh, gender pronouns yeah, uh, yeah well on compelled speech and therefore um, offensive language you know? yeah so america still hasn't yet changed their law to say that you can't be offensive whereas 
Canada has. Canada has laws to say if I, if you find something offensive, then you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the person who says something doesn't like has to defend what they say. Yeah. As opposed to you have to prove what they say is offensive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that yeah. whole thing was Which about. Which is interesting, though. That well, the thing that brought Jordan Peterson to prominence in the UK was when he went on, uh, did a live TV interview with Kathy Newman. Like, and she's kind of a bit of an antagonistic interviewee, journalisty mm-hmm. type, and always has controversial figures on, and she, she goes at them. And she asks him a question saying, um, what, gives, uh, what gives you the right to say what you want and um, over and above, like a transgender person's right to be offended, and and he says, well, you have to be able to say what you want and risk being offensive in order to say what you think. And he's like, well, like to take this conversation for example. You're perfectly happy to risk offending me, right, in the pursuit of truth, and it's really uncomfortable. I'm not having a good time here at all. But that's that's what you need to be able to do. Like, and whether or not you offend me or not, well, you know, that's, mm. we need to work that out that afterwards, but you need to be able to have the option to say what you what you think. In the, in the, yeah, it's, so the joke thing, the comedy thing, uh, you know, take something out of context and most comedy isn't funny. Take something out of, <laughs> out of the moment and it's not funny, you know. And even to be, off- be offensive, it's like, well, that's, Unless you direct a particular thing at directly at a particular person in the moment, it's hard to judge whether or that is something that certainly the law should not be able to no like fine you for no no like just walk out of the theatre just leave yeah but we do live in a world which is increasingly about professional levels of outrage like just. I know yeah. it's it's an oft uh, occurring theme, really, in what we speak about yeah. on here. And I always come back to that. I don't know where this ends. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know where it ends. <laughs> hard to know. Yeah, it's hard to know. I'm writing a song at the moment. Um, it's been very. It's been the hardest song that I've tried to write because it is it is inspired by and effectively about um, the transition of a like a a, a relationship with a, a between a, a man and it's from the man's perspective the man and a woman um, the relationship ends and there's children and the woman decides that I'm gonna win and I'm gonna lie about this guy to keep me from his kids Jesus Christ. Now, that's what it's about. If you listen to the song, I don't think you think it's about that. I think it's very open, but that's um, that's where the, the impetus comes from. And I, I realise there is a, just a remarkable amount of women in the world that do deal with deadbeat dads who don't contribute to their family and all that kind of stuff. But there's just so many. I know. I know. I know at least a dozen men. Who are, who have, who in my mind, there's I could be wrong, and I know, but I know these men well. There's just no way that I could possibly believe any things that have been said about them as fathers or ex-partners that 
has been alleged and therefore access to their kids has been restricted by the courts, all that kind of stuff. Now, we have this, we obviously, you know, violence against women is a massive problem. Violence against anyone is a massive problem. Like it's, you know, but there's just so much, uh, there are definitely women, there are some women out there who manipulate this, the thing to, so that they can win. And there are, you know, they will say, they will accuse a man of something. It's like, he's a danger to me and my kids when he's not. Hmm. Um, and then the guy, the man has to live with that. Like, there are no guys that haven't seen their kids for six years, yeah. seven years, because they've been told this is what your dad's like. And now then they get to be the teenagers, they get to decide, and like, no, we never want to see him, we hate him, he's horrible. It's like, and they, you know, the men are just like, I don't, like, what do I do? Like, I, you know, I've got, I can't defend myself I can't it doesn't matter if it's a lie I know stories that go the opposite way by the way and I do too and I do okay. too like I'm not I mean it's the it's the tricky thing but like what I guess it, it's along the same lines of of that well who uh, who gets to decide like if you say like if I if I say like, I don't want you you know if we partners we've got a kid together it's like I don't want you any of the kids you're a danger and you know and I tell the kids that and it's a lie, then there's the benefit of doubt for the accuser. Mm -hmm. Like not the person who's, I mean, there's no no system in place to go, okay, well, if he's that much of a risk. Well, the benefit of the doubt is for the kids. Yeah, but that's like... However unfair it is, but that... That is actually the duty of that's the primary duty of care in those situations that you're describing, aren't they? Well, it? yeah, I, 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 yes, that's true. But then it's like there's no, it's like it's just so cut. It sure. seems like it's just so cut and dry. And there's so everyone gets damaged by that. Mm. Like everyone gets damaged by that. And of course, everyone gets damaged by the fact that when it is true, like, and it's clearly incredibly com- complex. Mm. Um, but you know. I mean, I just know, I know enough people, I just, I just, my heart breaks for these, these guys who I just don't, you know, there's no way I can believe what they, what's yeah. they've, um, uh, there are, like, like you said, there are others where I go, well, they're evil, evil, awful people, hmm. which incidentally, the men I know who've been accused by this, their ex-partners were were suspect when they were together. You know, it's not like it's a brand new pattern of behavior, like everything was great when they were in a relationship right. and then the relationship finishes and suddenly they turned into these, you know, manipulative, you know, accusatory people. I mean, it kind of always like that. Okay. Um, not trying to make the podcast too heavy. Uh, but yeah, it's super complex and it's very, very hard. And yes, um, all of those kind of... Mm. Family type scenarios are are real tricky. Yeah, family law must be a horrible oh, thing yeah. to be involved with. It must be gut wrenching and and I would imagine has the capacity to make one quite cynical about human beings as well. To to watch that stuff unfold, to listen to those stories, and try to ascertain what is the truth. Oh yeah, either whether again, it is or whether it isn't. I mean, the thing too that you and everything can get it says to that, about those like, people when it's the other way, like when someone's assessing that, like the, the the court is assessing it, they also have to assess the fact of the person who's doing the alleging of the the 
misdemeanors mm. and the crimes. It's like, how much of a danger are they potentially if they don't get what they want? Well, there's been those awful cases as well. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah, it's true. It's really hard. Uh. Yeah, super hard. Anyway, the, the whole re- the, I was just in, inspired to try to write from that perspective of just going, wow, what must that? I mean, I don't have kids, but what would happen? Yeah, I know. What I'm ha- looking forward know. to hearing your comedy album. <laughs> um, it's it's you, there's a good chance that you might listen to the the songs of this and not be able to pick what it inspired it. Yeah, right. Um, and I hope that's the case because I don't want it to be. I don't want it to sound like oh, this is my definitive opinion on this type of thing because it's certainly not. And I, sure. I I really do appreciate that every scenario is unique, uh, and far be it from me who's never been in a situation to actually be able to comment on it but you know i when you know people who you can clearly see are devastated by mm. behavior of other people you just there's something about that goes god it all you know makes you makes you think oh fuck i'm really glad i never had kids with so-and-so because who knows how that could have turned out um and i would like i don't think i'd be able to deal with that stuff i think you would yeah i no i don't know through my own stuff i don't know if i would yeah mm. Well, I mean, God forbid you ever would have to, but... Yeah, well, 100%. Yeah. You've managed to get through everything life's thrown at you so far. And I'm sure, had you been told some of the things that you've had to go through were were scenarios that might show up, you would have said back then, I don't reckon I could cope with that. And yet, look at you you with your glorious eyelashes. That's right, I've said it again. (laughs) Um, Actually, I think most of the things, I think I have always underestimated... The difficulty of the things I've gone through. Like if you would have actually said, "Go through it," I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll be right." And my oh okay, yeah, I think I'm the opposite. I think I'm, wow, because I'm extremely optimistic. I mean, I'm kind of a like a uh, a bit of a melancholy personality, but as far as like, oh yeah, I can manage that. I can sort that out. Yeah. Like and then when I get presented with stuff, I'm like, ooh, all right, I need to I need to sort more stuff out than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm ready for anything. Yeah. But then, it's like when some you know the discussions I've had in the past. It's like, oh, I'm not ready to have kids. It's like oh, you'll never be ready to have kids. <laughs> like you just have to go. Well, I guess we're doing it because you can't be ready for the unknowable. Mm. Uh, you don't know what all the things are going to come up. You just don't know that. Yeah, things certainly do come up with kids, and yeah. they say the darndest things. <laughs> I love kids. They're fun. They're lovely. Yeah. yeah. They're messy. They're oh, noisy. my lord. They eat a lot. Yeah. 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 Same with adults. Yeah. I haven't eaten today. Oh, I have. Have you? Yeah. Mm. Animals. What'd you eat? Giraffe. <laughs> Not a whole one. Just, Just a leg. Ah! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um... <coughs> Is that weird that you go? Like we live in, a, you know, we live in a, a part. Oh God, of the here world. we go. We live in a part of the world where we can't just go and eat giraffe. That's funny. I thought you were going to say, "Isn't it funny? We live in a part of the world where we can just go and get yourself a giraffe to eat." No, we, um, <coughs> you you cannot do that. But no. Um, oh, so I watched a documentary. Oh, look, we're running out of time. Um, there's a documentary on Netflix called "The Story of Us," which is like a you know human evolution documentary. Um, it's nowhere near as uh, extensive as you'd want it to be but it's good they were saying that um the uh the reason why 
Genghis Khan, they say multiple times, not Genghis, Genghis Khan was able, and his army of 100,000 was able to conquer the world because mm. um, they had a genetic mutation which meant that they could drink milk, uh, which was an advantage over the Chinese because huh. uh, the Chinese had an army of a million, right? but they had to carry all of their farmed foods, their, yeah, gra- yeah, yeah. their carbohydrates, their farmed foods. So for every soldier that they had, the soldier had to walk a horse because the horse had to carry all their food, whereas the Mongolians were able to ride their horse and then milk their horse and drink the milk from the horse, which was a, a more pure source of energy. Mm. Uh, and I've actually heard that before. Yeah, so they were able to go go into battle, like all fired up, and their energy would was, while it was uh, more productive, they could fight for longer because uh, they wouldn't have that peak of carbs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It was like, so that's how, they, and then when they, when they started to sweep west towards Europe, uh, what they took with them was this mutation uh, so as they bred into mm. native populations, but they also took all the their animals, took all the germs, which is why like the black plague followed them. Oh, into Europe. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah, wow. Yeah, really interesting. Apparently, there's a documentary about farting on Netflix as well. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, we should watch that. Should we? Um, do you want to talk for a bit longer? Or I'll push the button. You can push the button. I don't have anything else to say, but oh. I'm happy to talk. Oh, okay. Well, we'll finish up. And then uh, oh, we I could see. do uh, we can do another one when you get back from uh, the place where we just told people we've already been. Good Tasmania. Good. All right. Yeah. We'll be in December by then. We will. Yes. Ooh, oh, that's hard. Slider biscuits. Bye. <laughs>